Welcome to episode 13 of the Ideas Into Action podcast. I'm your host, Hamza Khan, and our producer is Kwaku Ajimang, a.k.a. Kwaku On Air, a.k.a. the guy who I'm excited to dissect the movie Us with right after we get off the air. Now, I know that was a bit of a weak a.k.a., but by next week, I promise I'll bring the heat after I re-up on some new a.k.a.s for Kwaku. Our guest today is Pollyanna Reed. Pollyanna Reed is a Canadian journalist, two-time author, and celebrity ghostwriter. She's also a senior contributor at Forbes, and she's the founder of Writer's Block, a collective of freelance writers who create shareworthy content. Pollyanna is the author of two books, Everything I Couldn't Tell My Mother, as well as Mixed Emotions. Her fascinating life story has been shared and covered by Global News, Flair, Huffington Post, Essence Magazine, and MTV Canada. And for the past six years, she's been speaking across North America with a focus on empowering millennial women in transition. In this conversation, we talked about embracing the grind, confronting failure, and overcoming doubt. We also talked about building empires, manifesting success, and staying the course. This is a conversation that I've been eagerly looking forward to since we started this podcast, and I'm so happy that it finally took place. Here she is, the great and powerful Pollyanna Reed, and we're also being joined by a special co-host, her business partner, Andrew Wynn. Let's go. We have Pollyanna Reed and Andrew Wynn. Welcome to Ideas Into Action. Thank you so much for having us. Now, right off the bat, we have a gift for you, Pollyanna. Really? And Andrew... Uh, we'll hook you up eventually. We'll, we'll get around to it. We're, we're going to have a dedicated episode for you. But Pollyanna, we've got a gift for you. We've actually well, got two gifts for you. The first gift is a copy of Damon John's Rise I and Grind. I actually really love him. Like, Isn't I he really amazing? admire him. Yeah, he's cool. What is it about him that makes him stand out from the other sharks? Because he has a disposition unlike the others, and I can't quite figure it out. I can't pin- put my name on it. I can't put a finger on it either, but there's something about his energy, and he's like very concise and straight to the point. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, I have a lot of respect for. I watch a lot of his uh, interviews, and he he taught me some sales processes. I've learned a lot from him over the years. It's so. amazing what he's been able to do, the empire he's built, and then how he funneled the profits from that empire into diversifying his portfolio. He's almost immune to anything that happens in the market right now. Like mm-hmm. just take a look at his breakdown of the way he thinks and how he structures his day. And in this particular book, what he's done is he turned the spot spotlight on others. He's turned the spotlight on people like Tyler, the creator, uh, like uh, Joel Austin, uh, cool. Gary V. And what he does is he breaks down their grind checklists. Amazing. So I'm going to give this book to you, Pollyanna. This, this is, is like one of the best gifts I've received in a long time. You know, we had to ask ourselves, Thank what do you. we what do we give somebody who has everything? And the answer was, <laughs> the answer was, give them the ability to but get You know, more. I love a good routine. You know, I lo- like you know me very well. Well, let's talk about that because I think uh, Damon John messed up. He didn't interview you for this book, which he should have done. <laughs> You're so funny. And uh, <laughs> I would have wanted to know, and the listeners want to know, what is your grind checklist? What is the thing that has to be true every single day when you wake up in terms of tactics and philosophies? Wake up and... or go to bed or both? Ooh, oh, let's start with waking have... up. Okay. Like, what's the wake up grind checklist? In terms of, like, not even wake up, mm-hmm. the entire day. What are the things that need to be true in Pollyanna's day for you to that seize the day? consistent day to day. Absolutely. Um, so before I go to bed, actually, something that's very consistent, every night I play a few games of chess. Huh. Um, the way I look at chess is my philosophy for life and career. And so um, by it actually makes me de- helps me de-stress a lot by playing brain games. And so when I was younger, I was on the chess club. I was captain of the chess team. And so it's just it's just really helped me think a few steps ahead and like be very focused on details. Did not know this about you. What do you play on? Like what what console? I mean, there's, there's in so person? many so many different apps. I mean, but I love playing with people if I can. But there's a ton of different apps that also like teach you. Like so, I like to study the game a lot. I did not know that about you. That's something that you don't often I don't, publicize. I don't ever say anything about it. But it's just one of my like hidden 
talents. This is amazing. I would love to play you at some point. I'm really rusty. I'm terrible. <laughs> but I want to get back into the I swing think of any, things. Yeah, like any brain game I think is really good. I think people, we don't, it's like a muscle, right? You yeah. gotta, you have to teach yourself how to, because a lot, we were saying last night at our event, a lot of things in entrepreneurship aren't obvious and you have to like think, you have to see opportunity where there is no opportunity and like I apply that to the game too, right? I love it. So before you fall asleep, you yeah. play a game of chess, you exercise that every muscle. day I've been doing for years. And then what else happens in Pollyanna's day that's part of that grind checklist? Yeah, absolutely. So I practice... Um, something called the five before eight. And this is something I talk about very often. So I try to cross five things off my to-do list before 8 a.m. Those five things will vary, but sometimes it's like, you know, the email I've been neglecting for the last few weeks, or it could be, you know, spending time, you know, sitting in silence, or it could be like just, you know, planning my day, like whatever that looks like for me. Um, because I honestly, I like to get a head start on the world. And a lot of people flop out of bed eight, nine, 10, and I've already done like half my to-do list. So five before eight is very important to me. Um, and then I I've just started working out very consistently. So I've been doing that about four to five times a week, which has been amazing because honestly, for a long time, I was okay with being fat and rich. <laughs> like, and I, That's I was, quotable right there. I was very, <laughs> I was okay with that. But like oh now I'm God. understanding that, you know, when I look at my parents and my different members of my family and friends, like health is a real, like you really got to get your health in check. And, you know, right now we're young, we bounce back, but as we age, it's not going to be as easy. And I, I want to be here for a long time. I love that. I'm here for a long time and a good time as well. Yeah. I, I can't think of a single successful, wildly successful person that I know that's out of shape. Like when I close my eyes True, and I think yeah. about it, I'm like, do I, I know so. anybody that's overweight, that is slovenly, that is neglecting right. their health, that's right. also really rich and famous and successful? None come to mind. Yeah, I just want to be healthy. I'm not trying to be skinny by any yeah, means. Same. I love my curves. Make a note. Hey. But, <laughs> but yeah, like I just want, I just want to be healthy. I want to be able to walk up the stairs and not be tired. Like like endurance. Like I said, I was an athlete for a long time, and so but like life hits you, and then like you blink and things are just different. You know? Absolutely. And I have similarly no aspirations to get a six pack or to be <laughs> as defined as Chris Hemsworth or something like that. Right. But there was a point in my life where I was just eating really badly and yeah. stressing myself out and getting the the less than the requisite amount of sleep necessary to fully function and be as creative and sharp between the ears as I would have liked. And what happened is I started to negatively spiral. Mm -hmm. I started to become more uh, negative. I started to become yes, more depressed, moody, moody yeah. and I had no control over and my energy. And I deal with people, you have students, I have clients, like it's, I have mentees, and I don't want to be that way. They don't deserve that, no. right? So in order for us to think clearly, I think we owe it to ourselves to eat better and try at least walk once a day, you know, totally. get moving. So you can sit at your desk for 12 hours and not even feel it exactly. if you're like really in a creative zone, right? Exactly. It affects your posture and everything. It just has a negative cascade across your entire life. So uh, we've got chest before sleeping. We've got five before eight in the morning. By the way, what time do you wake up? Um, tip, my body alarm clock will wake me up between 4 and 6 a.m. every day. Oh, man. I because love I it. Because I used to train. I was a competitive swimmer. And I used to train at 5 a.m. for many years yeah. before school. So, like, my body's just accustomed to waking up at that time. Right on. Andrew, what time do you wake up, just out of curiosity? Oh, man. I, uh, well, okay. By contrast. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very big contrast. I I'll be, I'll be kind. I, I am. So, I'm I'm almost exact opposite of Pollyanna, just to be completely honest with you. Damn. Um, I think that, um, um, and for me, I preach more, like, do what works for you. Yeah. Right? So, like, I will gladly stay up till 5 o'clock in the morning and then go to sleep. Um, I will boomerang or send out emails that, that have scheduled at 8, 9 a.m. so clients are happy. <laughs> and I will sleep until, you know, 1, 2. Um, however, however, I'm... 
I'm as I move along, I've even started changing, um, and so I'm 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 a lot more interested in waking up early now mm-hmm. because I feel like that's where this next season or where I'm heading towards. And so I'm I'm very practical and I'm all about finding, and I find very very weird solutions for me to 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 fix personal problems or mm-hmm. situations. So do you want me to give you one? Yeah, please. So for this example, for example, we love getting into for the example, specific systems. No, and I can I can give you specifics. So for example, like. Um, well, two two things I'll say about sleep and waking up. One thing is, it's, it's very very hard for me to wake. I've I've learned a couple years ago that it's very very hard for me to wake up. I ask myself why, right? I'm like, man, every time I wake, I open my eyes, I'm in the covers and I feel this feeling. And this feeling is just too good, and that's why I never <laughs> wake up, right? It's just an amazing feeling. Yeah. And so I remember when I first started the business and I really like wanted to fix that. I was like, you know what? I got to throw my bed out. Oh. My bed is calling, causing me this feeling. That quilted embrace. So, correct. <laughs> so I threw my bed out. And I just started sleeping on the couch or the floor. And I realized that, well, that, that helped. You know what I'm saying? That helped me wake up a, just a little bit. Give me a slight edge sure. to wake me up to just feel like I'm not comfortable, to feel like I'm, I'm in hustle mode because I got to do what I got to do. And I know what vices or what things affect how I feel. So I'll just remove things out of, out of the way. So I did that for a little bit. But nowadays, um, then I got comfortable. Then I started sleeping in the bed again. Then I started waking up at 1 or 2 o'clock during the day. And now I'm trying to get back to waking up early. So what I did was, and this came from a recent trip to London. So this is my first time ever traveling overseas this year. Mm. I've been working very, very hard for the past 10 See, years. Yeah, yeah. And when I was in London, I realized it's like five hours ahead of East Coast time. And I was like, oh, I like this. I like the feeling of feeling it ahead. You know, I'm waking up at 10, which is normal. Yeah. Um, but over here, it's still like five a.m. Yeah, correct. Up. Yeah, yeah. And so I like that feeling. And that was a catalyst to say, hey, when I came back, you know what? I'm going to keep my phone, which is Currently eight o'clock right now on London time, <laughs> and so I, so my body You're synced up. I, I'm, I am synced up. To, so that's how I like. There's no to me. It's like, like not like a magic sauce or like I'm I'm not even that. I don't even think I'm that disciplined. I just think I have to trigger or I have to do things that that kind of help me get to where I want to get. And so I have my phone on London time, and so I wake up at ten o'clock. But then I naturally will get tired around twelve one right. London time, which is really just eight nine. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like I'm just like reprogramming my my brain on mine that's how i am i'm very practical that's a really cool find solutions for whatever i need to do i never thought about doing that just switching you your it. clock switching phasing your entire mm-hmm. clock in whatever it, city it you're works in for me. to a place that you want to be at <laughs> i so, don't think there's a right or wrong answer no there, there's to, not like, yeah. i mean whether you're a morning person or a night owl i mean i've seen uh speakers and notable names say like everyone should be a morning person you have to find yeah. your own flow like mm-hmm. agree, you can't yeah. tell somebody to be a morning yeah, person you know? I agree. exactly and Raphael wong we had him on the episode on the podcast i think uh four or five episodes again echoed that sentiment mm-hmm. and he's working on this tool that i'd love for you guys to check out called my Techni, which is using ai and uh, art- essentially artificial intelligence to customize a productivity system for you that's specifically. Um, with that being said what are some other like philosophies or even just approaches to the day Pollyanna or andrew that you take um, to help you govern your day and make decisions that are right for you because I think that some people just move through the day, right? But and I'm you move through very, the day intentionally. I'm always very uh, surprised when I come across people who do that. Like I think that the best way to like maximize productivity is to get a handle on your time, hmm. right? Like a lot of people say, like many people say, lack of time, right? But I don't think lack of time is the issue. I think the truth is that most people mismanage it. And I live, eat, sleep, breathe by my calendar. If it's not in my calendar, it just simply does not happen. Yeah. Even if it's a check-in with a friend, honestly, my friends now know, like, if I want to check in with Pollyanna, let me get something on the calendar and I'll hit her up. Because Absolutely. when my phone rings and it's not scheduled, I get so much anxiety because <laughs> I'm like, this is not a, you know what I mean? And of course you have those one-offs, but um, I'm very, when, like, my calendar is very, very, very important to me. So, um, 
um, that's very that's a priority priority. Is there a trade off that comes from there? And I ask because if you're this structured and rigid, like, do you feel like you're missing out on moments of serendipity? Friends that just want to drop by and call you and check in. Do you feel like abs- you might be creating a, a bit of a force right. field around? It's yourself? something that I definitely need to work on. Absolutely, because when it comes to like, I'm not very spontaneous, right? Um, I've kind of put myself into this box. Um, but it's be I think it's because I again like that competitive nature right like my father's a military man so he, you know he always says if you're on time you're late hmm. i think also too you got to look at the individual's life and what where they come from right so i grew up in a household where like even when we go on vacations, everything is, we're not just hanging out on the beach. My father has an itinerary. Wow. Everything is scheduled. <laughs> so like just naturally, like that's how I live my yeah. life, right? So it, it's something that I want to work on because, yeah, absolutely. There, Don't get me wrong. There will be times when I just like let loose, but that's very rare. And there's a method to everyone's, uh, I don't want to say madness here, but there's a method to the empire building. And it, it comes with regulation. We found in this very short time that we've been doing the podcast, the pattern is time, energy, attention. It's the management and optimization of all three. Somebody who's done a really good job at that is uh, somebody who has contributed to the second book that we're going to give you, Pollyanna, second <laughs> gift that we have for you. Cool. This oh, my God. What is it? A children's book. Okay. But it's far from. It's a children's book. It was labeled as such only because it's beautifully animated. But if you read the content, the stories in here are absolutely incredible and inspiring. Cool. This is Run the Show Like CEO Oprah. Wow. With very some of the cool. coolest animations I've ever seen in here. Wow. Coolest illustrations, rather. And this Thank is a gift you. for you as well. Thank you very much. Of course. We just so. shower our, our, our guests with, with the best <laughs> gifts. Very cool. So that bookmark over there is actually on the page that I would like you to read. So yes, you if, you, if you could read that over there for the, for the listeners, that'd be great. This white page right yeah. here? Okay. I remember a specific moment. Watching my grandmother hang the clothes on the line. <gasps> I know this story. You know the story. Okay. <laughs> I'm watching the. Cl- I love this story. Okay. Watching my grandmother hang the clothes on the line and her saying to me, You are going to have to learn to do this. And me being in that space of awareness and knowing that my life would not be the same as my grandmother's life. I know this because I've heard her say it many times. So Many, many times. And similarly, you've put your story out there for the world to see. There's, I imagine the biggest fans who are listening to this podcast are going to hear these stories that you've already told in the past. But I'd like you to zero in on one particular moment for us where similar to Oprah, you looked at your life and said, this ain't it. This can't be it. This can't be the life that I want to live. Can you think about a particular moment in your life where that was true? Yeah, I mean, okay, there was a conversation that I once had with my with my mother. Um, she was trying to move up. She's been at her company for 40 years and was trying to move up um, at her age. And I had asked her, I'm like, why didn't you, I mean, you've, you've been there for 40 years. Why don't you try to move around earlier and sooner? And she's like, because I had kids. And that was a moment of like, oh, my goodness, because, I mean, I do have friends who their lives have stopped because they chose to have a family. Um, And I now that I'm 31 and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about the next phase of my life. Like, I I wonder, like, what does that look like for me? You know what I mean? And so um, and so I think a lot of women my age, we start thinking about, you know, how are we going to balance our entrepreneurial spirit with our love for our children and having a family and taking care of a husband? Um, so I think that's a big conversation. I'm talking to my doctor about possibly freezing my eggs. I'm mm. talking to my doctor about, you know, in vitro, like, what does that look like for me? Yeah. So like now at this stage of my life, I mean, we can get into earlier years, but that's honestly something that I'm thinking about. Right. And so now as you project the next couple of years of Pollyanna's life, this is becoming a priority. You're starting to make space. Oh my God. For it. I think a lot to... of women are starting. Cause like the thing is we work, 
we work, 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 and then we blink and we're 45 and we forgot to date or we yeah. forgot to, you know what I mean, participate in, you know, in a healthy relationship. And I don't want, I don't want to lose myself because I have a family. If anything, it should enrich my experience. And what is, what is happening in your love life right now? Are you actively dating? Are you yeah, so a break I'm, from it? I'm definitely actively dating. I travel quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm tindering wherever yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Telegraphing a little bit. Use your teleport. Exactly. Tinder um, plus. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I really want to have like a good balance. I desire a good balance. So I think with any goal that you have in life, is love life included, there has to be goals around that. And you yeah. have to be intentional with that as well. And so you want to feel love. You want to feel the love that comes from being in an exclusive, committed relationship and starting a family. Absolutely. I think motherhood will be the best, uh, the, one of the greatest accomplishments of my life. And I really look forward to just think about the type of children that our generation is going to have. Yeah. Like, it's so mind blowing. And I can't wait to see like how that unfolds and like what... Um, if I, I hope that I can empower them to literally just be anything and everything they want to be. Because I really think that when we were younger, we had that same narrative. However, it came with conditions. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, I hope I can change that for my kids. This is so interesting. And uh, I pulled up a quote from your Instagram over here that you wrote. Um, and you said, and, and this is not just on your Instagram. This is also on your website. And you wrote, I'm a woman who has survived the trenches. God has saved me from abuse, high school bullying, a six-year battle with depression, and two suicide attempts in 2008. My struggle is a huge part of my story. It is my belief that I am still here because I have a mission to fulfill. It is to serve and protect young adults who are struggling to find beauty in a world of chaos. Right. The world of chaos, I equate to the matrix. I say that all mm. the time. Like I always feel like I'm caught up in the matrix. And I have those moments of, even though I have so many people around me, I still feel alone a lot of the time. And it's crippling. What was an extended period of time in your life where you felt at your lowest? Definitely you college years. Because, I mean, those are your years where you're trying to figure out what you're how your life's going to unfold and what you're going to do. And I don't really think school empowers you to like make the best choice possible. Right. Um, I know I didn't do very well in school. So especially when you're a C and D student, they don't really pay much attention to you. You're not the highlight of their day. So yeah. um, I don't think that, um, and I'll take some responsibility as well. Like maybe I should have raised my hand a lot more, but, um, but yeah, the college years are really bad. I'm sorry to hear that, but I do think that your success today is, uh, commensurate with the pain and the struggle that you felt back in those days. Like who you are today in this version of success that you've realized, is it safe to say that it wouldn't have been possible unless you felt what rock bottom was like? That is very safe to say. Even like for years, I had a lot of resentment with my parents because they didn't allow me to exercise the creativity that I wanted or color outside the lines. But now looking back in hindsight, I'm like, you know what? A lot of the qualities and the tough love that they've shown me, I actually admire those qualities in my mentors. Yeah. Like my mentors, like they're very, they challenge me, they're very tough on me, and I, I actually work better in those environments. So um, in the moment, some, you don't always see the blessing, right? Yeah. Until you like grow through it. What was the inciting force in Pollyanna's story? At what point did you say, I got to set down this adventure? I got to, I got to be become the Pollyanna that I am today. Uh, definitely after my suicide attempt in college, for sure. You said um, there were two of them, right? Yeah. So I, ooh, okay. So when I graduated high school, I went to my parents. And I said, I want to be a writer. They said, hell no. They're like, <laughs> at the time, it was like, just writers, wings, man. Or being a writer wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Like, they just didn't know what my options were. So they, yeah. and plus, I failed grade 11, 12 English. So, like, on paper, it just didn't make sense. No way. Okay. Right. So then I ended up, you know, listening to mommy and daddy, and I took a program that they wanted for me. And I just wasn't happy. Like I ended, I mean, they're caught up. At, they're at the height of their own careers, so they weren't really paying a lot of attention to me. And like, I was staying home for days at a time. I was in bed. I was crying. I was just, I was just very, very unhappy. 
Um, and then I tried to commit suicide twice um, during those years. And once I recovered, um, I made the decision. My first decision was to drop out of school, wow. which I did. And that was actually very empowering for me because I was like, I will figure it out. You know, nothing can be worse than what I just went through. So I will figure it out. Um, I took when I recovered, I took that as a sign that there was a purpose for my life. You know, mm-hmm. like I didn't take that second chance for granted. Right. And so um, I was like, let me just figure it out. Wow. 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 And look at where you are today. Uh, you're building out a full fledged empire. Uh, now, we have re- we regurgitated what the empire is to the audience in the preamble of this and in the show notes, but we'd love to hear it from you directly. How do you describe the Pollyanna Reed empire? What are the different pieces that are comprising this thing that you've built that is helping you to build the life that you want? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that um, I played on my strengths, right? So, like, my strengths, so even though traditional education, you know, wasn't, you know, didn't really work in my favor, like, I still believe that, like, and Andrew believes the same thing. A lot of things can be developed. And so I worked really hard. You know, I was bullied and tormented in high school, and I used to spend a lot of time by myself. So I used to doodle, and I used to write, and I used to, you know, write in my journal and make stories. So, like, I really feel like in those moments, like, I felt really good about my work. And so just because a teacher in a classroom told me that I wasn't up to their standard doesn't mean I wasn't necessarily good at it. So I worked at that. And then um, in 2009, I started a blog. That's when the blogging era, I think, started. And my mentor at the time was like, like, if you want to write, then you need to show the world. It doesn't mm-hmm. do you any good just writing in your bedroom, right? Yeah. So I started a blog, and it was like an online diary. And so I became a blogger, quote unquote. Um, but I always like thought, like we all do, what's like what's next? I want more. Um, so then I, in 2010, 2011, um, my mentor, who I didn't even know, had a pull at a, a very large publishing house. And so I became a journalist based off her cosign. Um and I was a journalist for many years. I mean, at this point, I've been a journalist for almost 10 years. Wow. And then at some point throughout that journey, I was like, what's next? So then I wrote a book and then I wrote a second book. So I'm a two time author. So like my writing career has slowly evolved from a simple blog. And that's why I tell people, like, just start somewhere. Right. You, you may not even know what the future looks like, but if you just start somewhere, you know where you're at isn't where you have to stay. So then. The world of blogging is now saturated. So then yeah. a few years ago, I was like, OK, how am I going to pivot? You know, Um there's a saying that I kind of live by as well. Uh, you know, if you're not the first to market, be the best at market. Yeah. Right. And so um, I then now that we have so many important conversations happening in our communities, industries in the world at large, I'm like, OK, a lot of celebrities and a lot of notable names, they now if they don't participate, it's going to damage their brand. So how can I be their secret content ninja? So then I position my agency as a ghostwriting firm. Right. So that's, block. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I do now. And so it's been so incredible. And like, I mean, I just spoke that into existence. I'm like, I'm going to be a celebrity ghostwriter. I don't know how, but the puzzle pieces kind of work their way, you know, figure themselves out. And then on the mentorship side, I have new girl on the block, right? So writer's block, new yep. girl on the block. And that has been, the greatest contribution I can make with my life because mentors have really changed my life. Um, so we, I've mentored in the last three and a half years, 200 girls in nine countries. What? And so that has just been a blessing. And then we have BYOB. I mean, um, that's I'm, how you and Andrew met, right? Yeah. So me and Andrew met at a conference a few years ago, and then we didn't really know. We it was a very organic growth. Like we didn't really know how we were going to work together, but you know, we were very creative, and things organically, you know. We're on the table and we just 
he's he came up with this brilliant idea of an annual conference and retreat. He asked me if I want to be a part of it and help in any way. I said, hell yeah. And that's the thing, right? When I make decisions on what I want to work on, it's if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. That's yeah. It's a really very good like rule to that's live good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> like it has to light me up. Can, yes. can I add something Please, too? Buddy. Not only I think that what's awesome is not only is it a hell yes initially, but from the two years that we've known together, I can tell that it's a hell yes throughout kind of that entire two years, <laughs> oh, wow. which is really awesome. Like that to me kind of blows me away. How because because keeping that same energy is hard, I'm right? Sorry. Like all the way through. Because people get excited at the beginning, but to to see Pollyanna just yeah. always like because always we down play a is long amazing. Game. Totally, we play a yeah. long game, right? Like you won't always get the immediate ROI, but we know what we're building towards, mm-hmm. and that's what fires me up and keeps me consistently engaged. And that's almost a throwback to something that Oprah said a long time ago. She said there's no such thing as luck. Luck is basically opportunity right. meeting preparation. So young Pollyanna writing those journals, expressing her creativity, and Girl doing so that was planting. without an audience for many years. And then your mentor put you on, gave you the connect, gave you the alley-oop, and the over The thing to is, you. Like, you don't know who's watching what power they hold. Mm-hmm. You always have to do the work regardless of the likes, the comments, the shares. Like There are sometimes I throw something on social media, and maybe it doesn't get the traction, but I'm like, if one person sees that. And Gary Vee has said something similar. His PR team gets mad at him when he does podcasts that get like 12 views and they're like what the hell and he's like you don't know who those 12 views are right like you just don't know and so yeah like I'm humble enough to like to still pursue opportunities where I won't see any return on my investment for the first few years but that doesn't mean it's not gonna nothing's gonna happen damn you're gonna love this and this is ties into your initial uh you know when we first started talking you said you play chess every night so Mm -hmm. Gary Kasparov not Gary Kasparov I think it was Gary Kasparov one of the biggest chess players in the world. Um, there was a movie made about him recently with Tobey Maguire. There's a few yeah, movies, yeah. I can't remember who he, who we played in that, but it'll come back to me at some point in this conversation. But when he was going through a bit of a slump and he stopped playing chess, his best friend took him aside and said, hey, you have to keep on playing chess because if you stop playing chess, eventually there will come a time where no one will ask you to play anymore. Mm-hmm. I.e., keep on doing the thing that you love, that you're good at, even in the moments where you feel like no one's going to watch, no one's going to pay attention. Or no one even cares. No one even yeah. cares because that wave is going to come back. You have to believe that it's going to come back. That belief itself is so, like, I can't even tell you how important that is. Like, like when people would, t- like, we all deal with negativity and criticism, right? But it, like that, that fire and that belief in myself to know that, like, hey, I failed these classes, but I'm still going to be like a great writer. Like, I would, I still walk around the house and tell my papa and tell my 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 siblings, like, yo, like I'm the shit, and I'm yeah. gonna con- <laughs> like I'm gonna continue this momentum, and they're just like, okay. But like, I, you really got to talk yourself into it, like hype yourself up, yes. you know? And that's even what- when you don't really like feel it at your core, but like you, like I have to look in the mirror every day and like. You know, I'm my own competition. I got to like, you just have to. And, and and I love that you said that because that's the one thing that I took from when you said those exact words in my class last semester. You said mm. you got to talk yourself into it. Like I'm a person, I'm not naturally confident. I have to, I have to mm. artificially oh create God, confidence yeah. every single day. Um, I love that you said that. And it's all synthetic, but I'm now starting. <laughs> I'm, I, but I, I'm, I'm telling you why, why that's important yeah. is because that philosophy of talk yourself into it is I feel like my entire life I've been giving the opposite advice. Mm. I was always talking myself out of things. Like, Hamza, you're not good enough. You're not perfect enough, efficient, I'm whatever. Scared of right? everything. everything. But now I'm doing the Pollyanna Reed trick, which is I'm talking myself into things. I'm like, hey, why am I not going to show up to this podcast wearing the blazer? 
Right. Right. Why did I feel like putting on the hoodie and just kind of diminishing myself? I'm like, no, we got Pollyanna Reed coming in, man. <laughs> Fucking pull out the blazer, right? Talk I, myself into it. Talk myself into being into into being at my best. Become my own hype man. Right. So I try to do one thing a day that scares me. Huh. I just make because once you make that discomfort feel normal, when you have to. So okay, it could be like walking up to a stranger in the mall or saying hello when everyone's on their phone in the elevator, saying hello and good morning. Like these little things will help me when I have to then stand on a stage in front of a thousand people right because like i know that feeling feels like it's it's a familiar feeling and yeah. i know that like i've over you know what i mean you make it a daily habit you'll be able to like climb that mountain when it happens i love it i love it this is so good andrew from from your time working with pollyanna since 2017 is when mm -hmm. you first connected right 2017 yes. yep since then what are some of pollyanna's isms or like pollyanna's practices <laughs> that have that you've taken into your your own life because i know a ton of people around us right now gwen elliott bailey parnell myself <laughs> and you know we've all benefited from you but I want to hear from somebody who I haven't met yet yeah what is that you've benefited from the proximity to Pollyanna yeah you, you know what's interesting so I I'm a I'm a huge analyzer I'm a huge he is. I, he I really love is. so like my whole thing is about uh, like I I mean my moniker everything like I'm, I'm a branding guy right so I love brand but even a lot of people don't even understand what that really means right, right? a lot for me it's, it's it's a lot about psychology a lot of it is subconscious a lot of it is like why do people feel the way they feel why do people do what they do like all this good stuff so it's a lot of it's unspoken you know what I'm saying so that's the world that I live in I love and so I watch I pay attention I listen to the market I listen to people I watch um, and and I think it's just all very interesting to me yeah um, you know what what I so even as I watch Pollyanna I think that um what what have I picked up? I don't. I think that the I think the beauty of being around her is she's so that's who she is, yeah. and it works well for her, right? Um, and I know that I'm a little different, and it works well for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm huge on even co like context over content, right? So like the stuff that we're sharing today, you know, what I'm saying may or may not apply to certain people, but you have, just have to understand the context of it hmm. to understand if it's truly going to apply for you or not. And so I, 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 it's funny, like I, because I've been hearing the same thing for like two years yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? It's so, in the, you're immune to but, it. But now. so, 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 so the, the, here's the interesting to me though. It's not the fact that it's not, you know. Sure, some things may or may not interest me. I I like to see how people react when pe when she says what she says, right? That's more interesting than me. You know what I'm saying? And what people gravitate to or resonate to and might apply or listen, etc., gotcha. etc. Like I think I'm for me, I'm very self-aware on who I am because I have a long history too. That also that also includes um, a military background. That also no includes being homeless, like all this good stuff, right? Holy so shit. I've gone through my ups and downs. I've went through a tremendous of times, amount of times of finding myself and just being very very self-aware of who I am today and so um and so yeah I you know I'm I'm I, I feel very confident in in who I am and and what works for me and and what what the main thing is um I I, I always leave room for to grow um I just know that sometimes it has certain things have to click or it has comes at a certain time you know what I'm saying so um yeah I just I just I watch and and, and, I, and I and I peep things I think he can trust that I'm consistent with yeah. my super, with who super I am and I'm and with I'll, my story so so I think the biggest the biggest thing that I I don't want envy is not the word but it, you know going there right sure, I'm like, oh wow yeah, I wish you want yeah, to emulate I might. that yeah. it's definitely consistency it's beautiful and discipline no it's beautiful like like really really beautiful I'm I'm the yeah, I'm not. <laughs> we, 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 we all as marketing people in the room understand that like for a brand to work, it has to balance what the brand story is and what, what the story, uh, you know, the story that they want to tell 
with what the audience wants. Correct. And I think that, Pollyanna, the one thing you can do better than anyone else in this room right now is give the audience what they want while still being true to yourself. I think the rest of us are at different stages of trying to figure out what that is. But you seem to be in the state of flow with your audience. You give them the things that they want. Because they've grown up with me, too, over like the last you. 10 yeah. years, right? So you kind of get... A- you should know your audience after 10 years. For sure. I got tired of scrolling through your Instagram. So yesterday we were putting together a game. So for every guest, we put together a special game. And I'll explain what the skull is in just a second. Okay. But we wanted to do a game with your Instagram. I'm like, let's find the point where Pollyanna's Instagram was different from what it is today. I love that. I kid you not. I love it. I was scrolling for two minutes and I could not find it. I (laughs) I give up. Like, I just kept on going down. But that's a real thing for a lot of people, though. You've been the same person. Yeah. You you have not changed for years. And and I. But the crazy thing for me is... The fact that anybody could rebrand, which means they delete all the pictures yeah, or yeah, yeah. start over, like sure. that to me, like is so interesting. Yeah. Because because you don't you don't ha- it's almost like you don't have to be consistent. Like you can reinvent yourself anytime and just put yourself out there to a new audience okay. and try to m- make this new facade or this new facade. Like, yeah. Every two years, and I see it all the time. All the time. It's 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 sad to me because you're not being consistent with who you are. And to me, when I see that, I'm, I see oh, you're still trying to find yourself, which is okay. Uh huh. Which is okay, but. I like to work with people who know themselves a little so bit more. On that, on that segue over there, that's a perfect segue to get into our game, the game portion of the of the podcast. So this skull over here, you've been wondering like, what what are Kwaku and Hamza doing over here? Mm-hmm. Are we going to get out of this podcast safely? Yeah. Uh, this is a total. <laughs> this is a total fake skull over here. This is the Halo skull, and what we do is we activate it only if you want. And what it does is it creates a custom game that we play for a few minutes. Okay. That'll put you in a bit of an awkward situation. Okay. But it's a funny situation. You're not going to be compromised <laughs> yeah, in terms yeah. of your brand, but it'll get you to think outside of your comfort zone. Love cool. it. Would you like to activate act- it? Sure. Okay, Let's do perfect. It. So this game is uh, going to look a bit into the future. So right now you have a lucrative mentorship business, yeah. which I have no doubt in a couple of years, you're only going to have exclusively high profile celebrity clients. So let's prepare <laughs> for that. In here are seven cards. Cool. And they are distillations of actual problems being faced by actual celebrities. Okay. And they're written in the form of letters. So this game is called, wait for it. Pollyanna Fix My Life. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to read these cards. They're fan letters, basically, to you. And you have seven minutes to do two things. First of all, guess who they are, because I'm going to give you their initials and where they're from. Oh, really? And then you have to give them some advice. Just mentor them through these difficult situations. These are people who are going through some difficult branding challenges right now. Ready to go? Awesome. So let me turn on my timer over here. And Andrew, you can definitely help out. Yeah, I need your help. Let's let's see see if we can get all seven of these. So... Without further ado, as many as we can get done in seven minutes. So without further ado, let's begin the Halo Skull Challenge. All right. I've got B.A. from New York. She says, like you, I try to keep it real on social media. However, recently I caught some heat for admitting to crimes I committed in my younger and more desperate days. Mm. I thought I was being 100% authentic on social media, and that was the key. What did I do wrong? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know who B.A. is. I'll think about that after. Um, this is somebody who admitted to committing a crime on social media and was trying to become compa- yeah. transparent. In, yeah. Uh oh my gosh, I'd have to see like the I would want to see the post, but I will say that like honesty is the best policy. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I would just say honesty, I would just say honesty is the best policy and like you didn't I don't think you did do anything wrong. Maybe it was the delivery if I had to pinpoint something. Mm-hmm. But there is nothing wrong with like speaking your truth. Like you are doing better than most people because you no longer have to wear that mask. Got it. I'm gonna, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think as, as I listen to it, I think the key word that sticks out to me is discernment. 
discernment. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, th- I think you just have to know um, there's this world is no longer black and white. Right. Everything is everything is very, very like there's very, very thin lines for everything. I think you just have to I think for every action, there is a reaction. I think for whatever you gain, you lose. Like there, there is this is this is the game that we're playing in this world. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so um, you're you have full ability to do whatever you want, but you just have to have discernment to know that yeah. um, the world this is not just you on an island by yourself. And if it was, then you can do whatever you want. Right. But we're living in a world where discernment is required so that's how I feel time it. and delivery interesting and I wonder if you know we're looking at this now admission of committing a crime several years ago as like a faux pas that you shouldn't do this in this age of social media but I feel like that level of authenticity we're going to look back at years from now and be like you know what she might have said it in, in a way that uh, wasn't what, what didn't benefit her career in any way but uh, it benefited her brand it created more proximity to her audience and they felt a level of intimacy with her as a result what do you Very think? Good. What do you think the answer is? Um, I like Pollyanna's answer. I okay. think that speak your truth. Uh, and I first heard that phrase from Charlemagne in the mm-hmm. book that he wrote, Black Privilege. I was like, wow, okay, hold on. Like, Charlemagne, you are admitting to things that happened in your past that you're not proud of? Like, yeah. why am I holding back? So I now, I've come out swinging. I'm like, hey, I've struggled with mental health challenges. Parents went through a really rough separation. I was bullied. I was a bully. Like, now I'm talking about it openly and honestly, and it's letting me move through the world feeling lighter and more authentic. Yeah, I do. But I, I will piggyback on Andrew and say, like, it could have been delivery and it could have been timing. Because oftentimes, I mean, like, yeah. with so many things happening in the world, you can be like um less like you may not sensitivity like you just have to like yeah be aware yeah be aware of like how it may have a ripple effect totally or affect other people but yeah yeah and i feel like in in her case specifically and we'll guess who she is at the end but she has enough permission space right now where she can Mm. say something like that and i don't think it's going to have a a catastrophic she's lucky very lucky a lot of people don't (laughs) <laughs> this is very true. Let's go to the next card over here. Can I add so, one more thing to that? Yeah, yeah please. Because I think all the time, like I, I remember when I used to start my business at the beginning, a lot of it was cash. I would take this out of the episode because I don't want this to air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, like I like I think that I probably didn't pay every single tax. <laughs> so, well, I'm in Canada, so I guess I'm okay. <laughs> hey, sure, man. It's all good, man. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, and, and so it's so it's so funny because every time I try to admit that into a public space, I, I actually tell myself, you know what, I'm actually gonna cut this out of the episode. Right. And yeah. It's just a sermon. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want Fair I don't enough. want it coming back to me. Like, <laughs> let's let's take a note of this yeah. just in case because uh, we have an accountant coming on the episode in a couple of years, oh, a couple, okay. couple of yeah. episodes uh, well. coming on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> the next card I've got is uh, from. CM from Ireland. Okay. He oh. says, Oh, I know who it is. I've been catching a lot of heat from my peers recently. I decided to retire from the game at the peak of my career. I have money and I just want to spend time with my friends and family. Yet, I'm feeling guilty about quitting. Mm. Should I be feeling this way? No, absolutely not. Like you, especially in his career, um, like it's so mentally, emotionally, physically draining. Like you have done what you needed to do you are leaving on top enjoy your family because honestly i feel like if this individual were to keep going he may not have the health or the uh uh, he may lose the chance to spend time with his family because it's such a dangerous sport i love that and it kind of harkens back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast where your focus was on finding a relationship and starting a family and that's so interesting for myself to hear as well because as I get older I'm realizing that career success isn't everything Mm -hmm. I mean I'm not a marketer I'm a guy who markets I'm not a writer I'm a guy who writes like the 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 important piece over there is that I'm just a guy and I'm just trying to move through the life and move through life making doing the things that make me happy and in his case it sounds like he wants to spend time with his family and his Mm -hmm. friends so more power to him right yeah I think I think that this is a very interesting question I think that I mean 
he wants to move time with family because he thinks it's the right thing to do. And it probably is the right thing to do. But obviously he has a feeling and that feeling comes from someplace and somewhere too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we all struggle with decisions and different paths of life. I think what's more important is if he's coming to this conclusion to make a commitment to his commitment. That's the more important thing, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Once you decide, because we all like, there's always like one or two, like should I do this or that? But the more important thing is to make a commitment so that you don't regret it spending time with your family thinking in the back of your mind that I yeah. should be working or I could do this. Exactly. That's the more dangerous thing to me. Not the fact that you think, you know, is this the right decision? It's once you make a decision, go all in oh, on it. Yeah. Because if you have any sense of regret, you're going to blame things mm-hmm. and you're going to let that trauma hurt you and your family in the time that you really want to excel. That's that, good. to me, is the bigger thing. That's so important. And I forgot, there's a small little sign-off over here. He says, uh, P.S., congrats on all your recent successes. Uh, love the Range Rover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are these, like, real questions? <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, they might be in the future, oh, right? They this might is be awesome. I have another one. I think, I think so. It's if a good you got, question, though. I think you might have two for two over there. Let's go to number three. Cool. This is JT from Ontario. Okay. JT said, my coworkers seem to be turning on me. There's a lot of rumors going around about my involvement in a controversial decision, and I just can't seem to catch a break. How do I regain control of the narrative around my leadership? Ooh. You want to take this one? Well, can you say the question one more yeah, time? Yeah, no problem. So my coworkers seem to be turning on me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rumors going around about my involvement in a controversial decision that I had to make as a leader. Okay. Um, and I just can't seem to catch a break. Got How it. do I regain control of the Got narrative it. around my leadership? You you have to you have to you have to cut the vulnerability at the core. So wherever this rumor started. It could be because of her. It could be because of somebody else. It could be a perception, a, 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 a wrong communication, whatever it is. You have to find it and address it at its core, mm-hmm. and then and then fix it there. Um, to me, that I'm I'm huge on if somebody feels or thinks a certain way, even as I go on stage or do an event, like I will address the vulnerability up front, right? And and and, and whatever it is, like like it was supposed to be a big be a big event. Two people here. I go on stage and I laugh. <laughs> hey guys, we only have two people here. Yeah. Like I address every single vulnerability so that it doesn't come correct. Mm-hmm. So that you take control of the narrative so that it's not only in your favor, but it's clear there's no like subconscious thinkings in the community, in the crowd, in your peers. There's a lot of subconscious because you you or people around you are allowing that to flow. And so if you want to take control and responsibility of it, I think you should figure out and, 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 and you have to address you have to go about it the right way. You have to come about it from a from a position of of, of, of sincerity. You know what I'm saying? Like, so don't just like address it and be like, why the F does everybody hate me? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like <laughs> come at it the right way. You know what I'm saying? There's an approach to sure. it and address the vulnerability that, that is there or the miscommunication or whatever it is, because that's probably more than likely what it is. Yeah. If it's something that I did wrong, let me figure it out. Let me so- look at myself, fix it. If it's something that's mis- miscommunication, let's figure that out and let's be on the same page and we're all transparent. Damn, you know what? That's so that's super yeah. interesting. The people who I feel like who have figured out who this person is, they're all listening to this being like, yeah, man, like why didn't this person just come out swinging and say, I fucked up or I was involved in this? Correct. And right. I think they're doing the opposite right now, which Correct. is trying to create a narrative that is so far-fetched at the moment. So uh, before we get into that, I want to let y'all guess this. Let's finish up the last ones that we have over here. This is AG from Ontario. AG said, I recently became a father. Much to my surprise, my baby's mother and I are estranged to say the least. The responsibility of fatherhood is too daunting, especially given my demanding job. I want to be the father I needed when I was younger. What do I do? So it seems like um, had a child doesn't want to be right, with, with his exactly, baby mama. I know exactly who this is. Uh, <laughs> Pollyanna, um, fix my life. <laughs> I mean, okay, from what I've seen in the media, it seems like he's taking care of his responsibilities. And okay. I think that, you know, family dynamics are going to look different. And just because you don't have the 
you are not your father. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and you're going wow. to navigate this path a lot differently. And just because you are not with your mother doesn't mean that you, the child's mother doesn't mean you're less of a man. Mm. Um, you are finding effective ways to co-parent. And we have seen that in the media. And you are, you know, we got all the love and respect and support for you. This is just, just hidden home runs over here. <laughs> Almost done. So we have LJ from Ohio. LJ says, love what you're doing, Pollyanna. Keep going in. For several years, I've been selected by my company to participate in a competition of top performers. This year, my new team dropped the ball, and I'm going to miss this competition. I'm sad and angry. What should I do with this You're energy? fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a competition. You're fine. It's not that serious. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I guess this, per- like, this person wants, okay, because you've been in this competition before, it tells yeah. me that, like, you have an ego. Like, you want to be validated. You want to be, you want people to pat you on the back just and tell you you're a top performer. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're any less of a top performer just because you're not recognized. That's the thing we talked about earlier, like doing the work regardless of the likes and comments and shares. Mm. Same thing applies to like real life, you know? Beautiful. Yeah, the, so, the, so the, the, the subconscious part of this is the fact that um, he has expectations that weren't met. Yeah. And so he shouldn't, you know? Um, um, now the deeper root the issue is why does he have that expectations? Not only was he because he was a part, he was a part last year, which is fair, which is fair, um, but that that also should mean that every time he does get an opportunity, he should know that it's it's a plus, not a you know what I'm saying, not not a not a true um, um, validation. It's a, yeah, it's a it's plus, not a, not a validation. To correct, be yeah. correct. And so if he gets it, great. If he doesn't, he should be very very aware that you know, hey, maybe the. I don't know, company politics didn't play this way. Or maybe there are other people. Like, sure. who knows? And honestly, who cares? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to be honest, um, if, if he truly, truly feels like he's he's valued and, and, and good at what he is, he should well, feel that way regardless. And if, if it's an L, hold the L and just uh, get real about why it is that you end up yes. in the situation and work on, on fixing that, right? Two more to go. And I turned off the timer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but okay. I think we're under the seven-minute mark over here. This is uh, BK from Houston. Big fan, my husband has cheated on me in the past. I've forgiven him and we've moved. Recently at a party, I saw someone flirt with him shamelessly and it triggered some people mm. who were close to the situation. Who should I be upset with here? Always the husband, never the other girl. Right? Yeah. Like that he's supposed to be your partner. He should know better, right? Mm-hmm. Like parry this and yeah, you I mean, know that there's a history. It's and- easy. It's so easy to blame the other person, like the third person, whoever that is. I've been in that situation. And like you obviously want to like cut a bitch, but <laughs> like you have to, you really have to, <laughs> you really have to, um, he's supposed to be your life partner. He's supposed to be someone who you can trust. And yeah, I mean, you got to, it's either you guys are going to be all in and you're going to address it or you're out. You know what I mean? Like make right. a decision. Yeah. Very good. And we got the last one over here. This is a DT from DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I run one of the largest organizations on the planet, and about half the people love me and the other half hate me. Uh, like you, Pollyanna, I try to be bold and fearless, but sometimes it comes across as arrogant. How do I change my brand to win over more of my haters while keeping my core intact? <laughs> oh, my God. This is an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. This is a really good one. Um, so good. I mean, I don't think everyone is going to like you. You know what I mean? Like, I really think that, like, if you... Because, like, I have actually the same issue. Like, I'm even with, like, the people that I work with and my employees, like, sometimes I come across as very, like, short, straight to the point, and it can come across as, like, you know, aggressive, assertive, bitchy. Um, But there's a level of expectation there, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that I... 
I'm disrespecting you. It's coming from a good place. So, I mean, I honestly don't think you need to change who you are. Not everyone's going to like you, um, but they should respect you. And I think that, uh, and I don't like the word haters. I mean, if they're hating on you, then like they just don't matter anyway. And it says more know? about them than it does about you, right? Yeah. Very interesting. Do you want to take a crack at guessing who those seven people were? I think CM is. Um, you're going to win. I think CM is the Connor guy. Connor McGregor, boom, yeah. one out of seven. Um, AG is Aubrey. Oh, shit. Two out of seven. Did you know that? Mm-mm. <laughs> well done. Um, I feel like, is this Cardi B's real name, the B.A.? Bella Cesar, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Three yes. out of seven. Exactly. Pollyanna, keep going. I don't know who these are. Wait, JT from Ottawa. Ottawa? Yeah. Like, for real? Oh, uh, Justin Trudeau. Boom, four out of oh seven. Gosh, Way geez. to go. That was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> 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 Who's that? You're in D.C. Um... This is BK from Houston, Texas. Why do I feel like this is one of the, um, um, no? Walker, <laughs> you can't help her out. <laughs> one of the boy band. Oh, okay. I thought it was. Uh, it's a you... she. And so. Oh, okay. She oh, was yeah, my husband. Yeah. Um, oh, this is easy. Donald Trump. <laughs> uh... Boom. <laughs> Five out of seven. We're almost there. Yeah. Uh, this is US. So you can handle that. Uh, I don't know. BK from Houston. BK is from Texas. From... Like, is this, is this someone who... <laughs> Kwaku's stressed. He's like... I, I don't... Know honestly, I, I don't see... I, Maybe Andrew can guess that one then. Yeah. Who is this? BK from Texas. Husband cheated. Is this public? It was a public yes. scandal? Very much in the spotlight. Man, I don't know. The listeners are... Some of the listeners who know the answer are just so frustrated. LJ from Ohio? Yes. From Akron specifically. Is it? A, is this an athlete? Uh No. no. Can I narrow down the... Yeah, yes, can you give me a, give me so a niche. So that would be a singer, and that would be a uh, athlete. So Pollyanna's holding the athlete. Andrew, you're holding the singer. I definitely don't know if it's an athlete. Same Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> you're so silly. BK. No! <laughs> All right, well, I'll give it away. So uh, BK from Texas is Beyonce. Oh. oh. Right. You, how do you not know that? And you're fired. <laughs> LJ from Ohio is LeBron James. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was this? Love what you're doing. Oh wow, I've several, I've miselected by the my national couple. competition wow. would be the playoffs. Wow. Oh, but five out of seven rings, you have more rings than LeBron. So congratulations <laughs> to both Thank of you. you. That was well cool. done, well done. Very proud of you. That was cool. I like that. This brings us to the second half of the podcast, and let's cool. get right into it. This is the performance point segment where we get into specific routines and rituals and practices and tools that you use to be at the top of your game. And we'll start by talking about time, then move mm-hmm. to energy, then attention. Sure. So when it comes to time, you've built up your life in a way that affords you to manage people and manage your schedule walk us through the process of how you went about building this system for Pollyanna because now Pollyanna is the figurehead of this larger enterprise uh, and what's the next piece of that time puzzle like who are you gonna hire next and what tasks and projects oh, are you gonna de- like actually delegate? so I recently hired a director of business development for Pollyanna for, Reed specifically for writer's block for writer's block um, right. because that is like I will so writer's block I'll be writing writer's block until I die mm-hmm. like until I'm 90 um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah and that was the best move I've made I've had some issues with business partners in the past but this young woman is just wonderful um, we split the company 60-40 wow. which is also a very big deal for me because yeah. I typically like I just wouldn't even do that but she brought a proposal to the table that I could not refuse and she's definitely she's 
delivered above and beyond. So when you talk about next team member, like she was my most recent and it's been a very good chess move for me. How do you know when it's time to delegate something? Because I struggle with that. I never um, quite know when it's time to give something away. Honestly, so what I learned from the CEO of LinkedIn is that my job as the founder and the leader is to grow the business and my team's job is to maintain it. Huh. So I, I'm very good at like sales and negotiation and like landing contracts. And so like that's where I want to play for the most part because someone, I mean, someone has to land the business deals, right? Like who else is going to do it? Not my writers. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's how I kind of like, I, if if it takes me away from being in the field and like doing what I need to do in order to grow um, our sales, then I most often delegate it. How hands on are you with writer's block? Like, do well, you I'm actually very... write yourself? Yeah, yeah. so I so I want to give myself. I gave myself the freedom to pick and choose the projects I want to work on. Gotcha. Because yeah. I have to give myself space in case a specific client wants to pay a premium to work directly with me. Right. Right. So I can't be on every single project, but I do see every single uh, uh, project before it goes to the client. What was the first position you ever hired for? Pardon me? The first position that you ever hired oh, for. Oh, uh, when I first started, a publicist a early publicist. on. And I will say this, I think it's very important for people to know, is that like, I promise you, you do not need to need to spend thousands upon thousands on a publicist. Like, If you do the work, get in the field, make relationships, um, build relationships with gatekeepers, you can get all the publicity that you want. Because even I've had a few publicists and none of them have been able to land any of the the, the publicity that I've been able to land for myself. Yeah, you've done really well for yourself as far as publicity is concerned. Like you've been featured in the who's Everywhere, who publications. Yeah. It's been pretty good, pretty what's consistent. Been, what's, what's it been like working with Forbes? Um, I love working with Forbes. You know, it's giving me access. Yeah. And that's, a, uh, everything's a chess move for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so like Forbes is not going to be forever. And I think it's silly for anyone to think that like where you are may be forever. But yeah. like, it's literally a gateway to helping me build the other things that I'm building. Because with gotcha. the Forbes name attached to me, I have ex access to anybody that I want. And then I can start conversations and go from there. Very good. I love that. So this gives me a better sense of how it is that you structure your time. It's not just you that's looking after your schedule. You also have I, an assistant. As I have well. an assistant. I've had an assistant for four years. Right. Yeah, and Game a project. Changer, right? I did have a project manager. She recently transitioned, but she was fantastic as well. Because like my short term memory really sucks. So, <laughs> like I often I CC my right. project manager and my assistant on every email so they can populate my calendar. Gotcha. It's very like I. It's. I just need that. I need that reminder. And as things come up, they like tell me, hey, we need to do this. We need to think of this. Um, you need people around you to remind you because there's just so many things on the go. There's totally. no way. And if I miss one deadline, it could have a ripple effect and that could be really bad. What's a, a definite no-no that you've told your people who can manage your calendar? What's something you said, please never do this when it comes to my calendar? Um, I just need things to be really. So I actually, okay. So for my corporate career, I was an executive assistant. Huh. So that has given me so much insight because I was doing the same thing that my assistant is doing for me for CEOs and presidents yeah. of huge companies. Sure. So just being very meticulous and detailed and like everything. So we, we color code, like we put everything down to travel time, down to me taking naps. Wow. Like everything is in the calendar that I need. So that's, I just, as long as everything's clear and color coded. And I like I'm good. And how does the color coding work? I know that there's a couple of productivity nerds listening to this right now who mm. are really big on color coding. And shout out to Raf if you're listening to this. <laughs> Let's listen in a little closely right now. <laughs> how, how do the colors work in Pollyanna's calendar? What well, do the colors mean? I mean, okay, so anything in red is like things that like I definitely need to pay attention to. So it could be like a client call. Sure. It could be 
um, a team meeting. It could be a deadline. You got to be on for these things. Whatever yeah, exactly. Yeah, the red and there. then it kind of goes from there, right? We have yellow for anything travel related. So if I'm in the air on a plane, if I'm Ubering, like we have our, our own little system, but like it helps me because if I just see the color, then I know like, you know what I mean? I don't have to, it just like puts a switch in my brain exactly. so yeah. I can pay more attention. I love that. I love that we both have yellow as our travel color yeah. as well. <laughs> I go based on like red being like high intensity speaking. This podcast yeah. right now would have been red if yeah. we were treating it like a business, but because we're treating right. it like an art, it's green. This means that I'm going to yeah. walk away from this with a lot more energy than I came in with. Yeah. Very interesting. Now let's speak about energy. And right before we started this, Andrew and I were just looking at each, each other like, what? Paulina, you've never tried coffee. You've never <laughs> yeah. had alcohol. Like, <laughs> shout out to you for being this pure when it comes to yeah. what goes into your body. Fitness seems to have become a big part of your day and you're regularly documenting your intense workouts. Sometimes I watch your stories and I get tired. I feel like I worked out. I was like, oh yeah. shit, man. Pollyanna, keep going in. Where does the motivation for this come from? It doesn't. So <laughs> my, my, I, that's why I have a trainer because yeah. that's why I pay a trainer to yeah. help me stay on track because if it were for me, I wouldn't even go. Um, but because someone yeah. holds me accountable, yeah. like I, I get off my ass and I go, you know, to my sessions. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome to have someone who's like cheering you on, your champion, someone who really wants to see the best in you uh, right by your side. So, and if I have to pay for that, then I do. Like, And on the days where you absolutely don't want to do it. So you wake up some mornings and you're like, fuck, today's not the day. Yeah. And you know what? I will definitely eat this financial cost. But how do you mentally come up with the motivation to get up and do it? I think with anything, and like even when I get on stage and speak in front of five people or 500 people or 5,000, like... The f I'm chasing the feeling I get when I walk off stage. Huh. Like I, so w if I apply that to a workout, yeah, like I don't want to work out, but I always feel so much better after. I'm like, that's what I keep in mind. You get that dopamine yeah. flush through your system. Right. Very interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that can be applied to almost anything that you yeah. don't want to do. Just think last about the week, outcome. I cried myself to sleep one night just because I was frustrated with some client stuff, and the next morning I had to be in the gym, and like, of course I didn't want to. I rather just like curl up in a ball. But I was like, <laughs> you know what? Like, I know this is going to definitely change my mood, and it absolutely. I was so much better after that good so. for you and and are you feeling now the long-term benefits of working out like are you starting to notice yeah i've that been pretty consistent for the last month yeah. i've been pretty consistent for the last month and i'm feeling really good and what kind of workouts are you doing so i see like high intensity interval training that you're documenting yeah but are there any other workouts that we aren't seeing like yeah and... um so yeah so definitely uh so i have a personal trainer and then i have a boxing coach Ooh. so the boxing coach is actually more for self-defense because i travel a lot by myself yeah um but uh, obviously it's a great like full body workout as well gotcha and you were, you were recently in australia right yeah me and andrew were in australia what? together yeah we were on a volunteer trip um there's an organization there who received funding um to fly about two 200 thought leaders from across North America out to Australia um, to volunteer and to teach and mentor um, the youth over there. That we went huge. for about seven days, 10 days. But... After this, I'll ask you for some recommendations about Australia. I might be going there myself later this well, year. Nice. But let's bring it back to attention and close this round out. Yep. So you've written before, Pollyanna, you only get back what you put in. I'm not better than anyone. My focus is just different. So again, you only get back what you put in. Yeah. I'm not better than anyone. My focus is just different. And that's a really interesting phrase mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. And I get the spirit of it, that's but right. I'd love for you to elaborate on that a little yeah, bit more. Because when what I, did you mean by that? When I make these announcements and I like, or like I screenshot my bank account or, you know what I mean? It's not for me to be like, it's not for me to shit on you. That's yeah. not what it is. It's just like, I always try to provide a story around why you're seeing the screen. Um, because again, context, right? If you see that I just earned 12,000 on a deal, I literally tell you how I got in the room with that individual. What, you know what I mean? Like what were the sacrifices that I made? How did I negotiate? How did I level up? So that's what I mean. My folks, so when I show you, like I will, I always explain the focus and 
for the average person may be like, oh, that's something I did not notice before. So uh-huh. it's really important that like people like you and I who are in these positions, like it's not just about the flash, like definitely give backstory so people can learn and hopefully like change something in their strategy or routine themselves. I love that. And I think this came up in the first episode of this podcast. We talked about what the formula for success is. And I think it's come down to two things that I've noticed. And you, both of you embody this, right? The first is hyper competence. So being mm-hmm. really fucking good at something. Mm-hmm. And the second piece is radical generosity. So mm-hmm. you become really good at something, you succeed, and then you give it away. You start giving away. The mm-hmm. And that's like, it's nothing for you. Like we did an event last night. I mean, <laughs> It cost us some money, but yeah. like, it, it's not even about the money. Like, we don't even care. Like, I would have spent more money on it if we, if we had more time to plan properly. It's about like, how do we impact people? People's lives were changed. They lit up. Like, we actually did. So, there's a signature that I do at every event where I give away a book called the One Hundred Dollars Startup. And so, the three of us, me, Rooks, and Andrew, we we each put a hundred dollars in it. And like just the look on their faces, like people wow. not even like because we asked three people in the audience to pitch their business, and we we're just you know it was just a routine exercise. We just want to hear about what you guys are working on, but like to plant that seed and sow that seed in their lives, it's like it's a blessing. And we know that like the media ROI is not there, but like ten years from now we may see that. You know what I mean? Like so, it's really important. It's really important to give, give, give. Like jab, 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 right hook, right? Exactly. Yeah. Can I add something. Please, yeah. I think you said something that was so uh, so cool that that like. Uh, something about generosity. What was yeah. the radical, radical generosity? generosity. Yeah. Like and you just know, giving away things. Yeah. And people yeah. are like, yeah. what? You're giving away it, that? You know That's what, your secret sauce. It, it's, it's, it's generosity. It's compassion. It's um, it's grace. It's a lot of things. And you know, you know, I've, I've just, I don't want to say I've just, but this has become a big thing for me now. And the main reason is because I think that as you're a young, as a young millennial, a lot of times the character, a lot of times people... People don't do what's right for them. They do what they think that character of them should be doing, hmm. right? Whether it's I need to be a certain way or I need to walk into a room a certain way or I need to dress a certain way to impress somebody or I need my social media to do this. This is how I attract people, right? And, and or, or grow my brain or whatever it is. And a lot of it comes from from confidence or cockiness or be, even the whole authentic thing is funny because sometimes people people do it in the name of the authenticity because they, that's what they're trying to do but it might not even come off like that right they're doing it for the gram they're doing it to show off more than doing it because that's who they are and yeah. I think a lot of people get trapped in that at the beginning and so uh, so so people would do that what was and, and then the thing is I think that works to a certain point like you kind of have to have sure. this kind of like brand bravado you know what I'm saying yeah, that's how project you a little project bit so a little you right? can catch up to correct them, right? correct and I think I think that's possible up until maybe like you'll you'll, you'll make like six figures doing it right whatever. But I think what I realized is, and this kind of came from me just in the recent exposure and experience. Like I've gotten a chance to meet you know what I'm saying Gary Vee, Mark Cuban, Damon John. Like these are people I've seen shook wow. hands, talk to physically, and I've experienced a certain level of just gratitude, compassion, and just and, and generosity from them that I was like. Hmm. Huh. If they're acting like that at the ten, twenty, hundred million dollar range, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe I need to switch up my 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 mindset and how I move a little bit more because maybe that might be the trick to getting up to that space. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's something that I've seen recently that has has been a big catalyst and even trigger for myself because that. That tells me, okay, cool. If I want to play that game, maybe that's how I should act, and not what everybody else thinks that's the facade it. or brain or fake it till you make it should be. I just, just want to. I just want people good. to gain a sense of hope. Huh. I think a lot of people behind closed doors, we all we all fight our own private battles, and I think that you know our our event 
was a feel-good event. People felt good in the space. It was a safe space. But I know when people go home, they will struggle. And I want them to, you know, by planting that seed, we don't know if that just, like, changed someone's life or decision or whatever, right? So, yeah, like, continue to plant seeds in people's lives in different capacities, not not always with money, but just being kind to people and just, like, letting them know that, hey, yo, I got you. Like, and that's what we did. Like, we left off with, let's continue the conversation. Well, it's wild. I mean, I can go to any of your pictures right now on Instagram or any of your videos, and you were responding in the comments giving away like to paraphrase jay-z a million dollars worth of advice for 99 cents for free <laughs> yeah. man like you're you're in there saying things that i know for a fact are transforming people's lives i've benefited from that like you talked me into recently mm-hmm. going into a negotiation with a speaking client and saying i'm gonna stop undercharging and i'm gonna start charging what i think i need <laughs> yeah and it worked and i was like man shout out to paul yeah. Yeah. Like, thank <laughs> you for that <laughs> like you gave me the permission to do that with something yeah. that you might have just it might have been tuesday afternoon for you and you're just documenting yeah. a casual thought for pollyanna so that's really cool that you do that and before we go into this final bit of this i would love to just take a couple of minutes to talk about money specifically because mm-hmm. you were open and honest about money in a way that Super i see no open. one do that like you and muhammad asadullah are the only two people that i follow online that have publicly disclosed how much money they make mm-hmm such a weird thing I think it's very important because with Instagram like you confront like you're making a lot of money never been easier like nah like I'll screenshot my bank account any day of the week and show and be like okay well obviously for motivational purposes only but like also too like you like context and backstory like I always tell the story of like when I was broke and I had a credit card with every single bank and I had $52,000 in debt you know what I mean I make sure I balance it off with like it wasn't always like cool, you know? Yeah, I worked myself out of a difficult situation. I've become mm. better with my money. But I need people to also understand that entrepreneurship is an option for you. And so um, while people don't have to be a full-time entrepreneur, side hustling is also an option for you too if you want to climb your way out of debt. Because there, you know, statistics you know, show that many Canadians are check to check. We were talking about this the other yeah. day. A lot of people don't have savings. So I want people to see it as an option. Like they don't, you may not be an entrepreneur, but like you can like, walk your neighbor's dog or mow lawns or some shit like whatever right like there is it's just too easy to make money these days for anyone to be like really broke huh you're you're reminding me last of a conversation i had last night where we were talking about some of the structural challenges around asking for what you're worth mm-hmm. and like in this room right now very diverse room like four people of color one woman in the color one woman in the conversation over here why do you think it's been very difficult for us traditionally to at, ask for the money that we deserve Okay, I mean, you say we, but it's more so women. Women for have sure, a hard yeah, time. and I don't want to lump yeah. them together. It's definitely women been much more difficult for women. You guys will just ask for whatever the fuck you want. Like, not women. me, man. I'm the, we- <laughs> I'm the worst when it comes to contract negotiations, man. But like, but I, I hear mean, you. Just actually, po- like, good point. Men good versus, like yeah. women have this idea, like we're it, it's a uh, insecurity of ours. We're not as transparent. Um, you know, you guys just in the corporate world, you guys, you know, make more than us as well. If we compare, yeah, like we can be doing the same thing, and you will make more. Um. So the question is, like, how? Well, well, I guess less about how, but, like, I I think we understand how. Like, the the listeners probably understand the structural So the thing, honestly, like, I think your relationship... So sometimes it's generational, too, right? Like, sometimes... Like, and even if, even with, when it comes to money mindset, like how you talk to yourself is very important. So like I was saying last night, like whether you're joking around or whether you're serious, your spirit doesn't know the difference. So huh. saying things like I am broke or saying things like, you know what I mean? Like you put yourself in that situation. So I'm very, when I talk to my mentees, we talk about money mindset. We, we talk about money books. Like you really have to, I do money mantras every day. Like I'm very intentional. I will, I do my goal setting practices in rich neighborhoods. Like if I, 
if I have like an hour to kill, I'll park up in front of there's this massive mansion. Oh, actually, <laughs> Mississauga I, Road. You just go right a, there. Yeah. I have a story about Drake. So Please. me and my friend at 3 a.m. We came from dinner. We actually parked up in the driveway of his new. It's it's like literally a whole building. Yeah, like, are you stalking Pollyanna? <laughs> I mean, my friend lives in the neighborhood. My friend lives close by and was like, "Hey, do you want to see?" And like, we just sat there and we just talked about our dreams and we just talked about like I, you know what I mean? Like, in the I shadow love, of yeah, yeah like I just I, huh. I put myself in situations and I'm like, how the hell? Like how? Like you know what I mean? I try to like work it in my mind and kind of strategize and like, okay, what do I need to? And the thing is, it's not even about the mansion, right? It's about like just getting to a point where I feel like, okay, like you can take care of your family and da 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 right like I don't right. need to be as rich as these people but I think that's very important to you know if you have five broke friends you're likely going to be the six so all Ooh. of my friends have all of my friends make more than me most of my friends make more than me way more than me okay. and like I just need that I like that energy I just need y'all to breathe on me just give me some of that heat sure. you know what I mean like through osmosis let me catch some of that yeah, so ludicrous had it's very important I know I love that a lot ludicrous had a quote that that echoes a lot of what you just said right now he said uh, if you're making a hundred uh, sorry a thousand dollars a week and you want to make two thousand dollars a week hang around with people who are making two thousand dollars a week mm-hmm. because chances are they're thinking differently than you exactly all my like my friends who you know a lot of my friends you know whatever the way they think especially the men in my life the way they think and how bold they are in their decision making around money is very fascinating. Oh, I, I get that same benefit from following you online. I think that we've been orbiting each other for some time, mm-hmm. like we met through Bailey, and like yeah. now we're well connected online. We're having this conversation in person. I know already, just based on things you've said in this conversation alone, I'm going to go back and think differently and approach my world and challenges in my world with a confidence and a boldness that I've never had before. But look at the influencer circle, right? right? Like you have influencers who are making like so much money just from like a, a picture or a blog post. I mean, I've been approached, I've worked with marketing agencies that have paid me for different posts and stuff. And I'm just, it's, it's never been easier to make a living. And I want people to know that it is possible for you. It just takes a little bit, put pen to paper to a little bit of strategizing talk to the right people but you can increase the number that your corporate job has put on that contract is what they can afford it does not mean that's your true value hmm. you know yeah that makes a lot of sense and, and when it comes to true value like how do you deal with the nerves in that moment before you give a figure so i'm oh sure you're God, pitching I'm, all the time i'm always scared but i don't believe sometimes that. Yeah. The, the thing is sometimes you got to put it on the table and let that shit marinate and maybe things are going to be awkward a little bit but you just leave it there and you make it firm like it's always easier to like uh work like negotiate than having to like climb up the ladder so i i'll give a figure that i feel like is is fair um but be like you know firm but polite and you'd be surprised people as if you are able to solve a problem if you're able to add value people will work with you that's what i've found anyway have you ever renegotiated a contract mid service so like halfway into doing something you're like hey man i should have charged way more like, let's- early maybe early in my career for sure yeah. like it, it, it's trial and error right you yeah. no one ever like knows the formula until like you gain that experience working with people and having to ask for money especially when you get into five and six figures right way to go and for those of the listeners right now who are trying to break into this for the five and six figure mark right now what advice would you give somebody for what to do once they hit six figures like once someone hits six figures what, Yo, what should the mindset six would... figures so i'm trying to figure that shit out last yeah. year i brought in uh, uh 147k outside of my nine to five Ooh, we need a soundboard in here just like <laughs> that's awesome. the flex bomb yeah. <laughs> so my nine to five i made 65k and Ooh. then i brought in an additional 147 Go and like Anna. i i'm trying to figure out like what does the next phase look like so like i, I can only talk where i'm at you know yeah and that's real. That's real. Very good. 
Pollyanna, this has been fantastic. Let's close this out with a rapid fire round. So how this works is we ask you 10 questions and you answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Ready to rock? Yeah. And if we have to elaborate, and and Andrew, by all means, if you want to jump in and and riff on this, let's do it. Cool. Pollyanna Reed, what's a game-changing book that you revisit personally from time to time? Um, That's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Love it. What are three things that you value more than money? Wow, that's such a good question. Um, my family, my sanity, mental health, and the relationship that I have with my mentees. Hmm. What's the number one mistake people make when negotiating their salary? Uh, I'm gonna say. Okay, this okay. This is what I'm gonna say. This is what my mentor taught me this. So when asking for a raise or negotiating your salary, like they don't bring their receipts. Hmm. Right. So you're going to say if you if I ask you, like, I want a a raise of twenty thousand dollars, I need to show you a track record of what I've done to uh, contribute to twenty thousand dollars worth of savings or right or a bottom line or whatever the case may be. Like, I would say, like, at any job, always keep a track record of your wins and losses, like for your own good. But also, too, if you have to justify an ask, a title change, whatever, you ha- you you can lay it on the line. Because a lot of times, like, your manager doesn't really see all the, all the extra work you put in. Yeah. You want to make sure you document that. Love that. Really, really good they, they can't argue with facts, right? What about for, like, people who are working on things that are seemingly intangible? Like, for example, content creators. So you mm-hmm. put together a blog post, and then you want to justify why they should pay you more for that blog post. But you can look in the stats and be like, it only got 100 reads. But you know that there's exactly a what you said. Different... There could be one person that will turn into a client that will make that money back 100 times over. How do Angels. you... <laughs> <laughs> so that's my space. So, so I'm in that space, right? So in, in the agency that we do it now, it's, this is very interesting because... Again, it's all context, right? Your value is based off of, in my opinion, one way to look at it is your value is based off of what the market is willing to pay you. Now, the market is segmented in many different ways. When I first started the agency, I was like, oh, I can do a website, $200. Okay, cool, do that. <laughs> then, then I realized, oh, there's a group of buyers who are willing to pay for $2,000. I was like, oh, let me figure out how to do that. Then I figured out the people who are paying $20,000. 20, then, yeah. then, oh, let me figure out how to do that, right? So I think that, that, that at every... There are levels to this. Right. There are different buyers. Everybody is is you know expects and you know wants different things, and they all some people can you know and it's maybe it's the tiniest things, right? And so you just have to learn two things: how to communicate so that the other person at that level understands and appreciates and values that. Um, um, and then I don't know what the other thing is. No, I love that. But I think yeah, you're both doing it right now. Like in terms of building your personal brands, uh, it's commensurate with what I imagine you're charging for your services because yeah. people are getting exactly what it is that they're seeing. They're able to like sample you now and almost just get a feel for what it's going to be like to work with you. Mm-hmm. Huh, this is a good reminder to, to go back and just really honestly think like more strategically about my own social media. Thank you. This, is, this has been really good. Um, <laughs> this is a, a bit of a curveball question for you, Pollyanna, but what's okay. the best pickup line ever used on you? Honestly, I like guys who are very straightforward. So like... Someone who will pull up on me and be like, "We're going out on Tuesday." Yo, ma. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah, like there's a call to, to action, point. and yeah. it's a date. Put it in the calendar right yeah, away. Yeah, I like a man with a plan. So like, let like put me in a position where I gotta move my shit. Mm. Hey, yeah. I like that. Um, if someone wanted to be Pollyanna Reed for a day, what are three why? instructions that you would why? give them? I'd be like, <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Just 
be able to simulate like the the life and the headspace needed to be I great. Actually, I have though, right? um, some mentees who are going to job shadow me when I'm in your class next week. Okay, so week. what are what are three pieces of advice that you would give them? The three instructions. Get a like, fucking pen and paper and take it. notes. Like I've had people who have asked me, asked to sit with like from with me for coffee or they want to pop by my office. No, like how are you taking mental notes? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> how are you going to remember the things that I, so just be very observant, okay. right? A lot of stuff, like I don't need to actually tell you, just like watch the way I move. Um, ask a lot of questions, great questions. I do think there are such things as dumb questions. Ask great questions. Um, you, If you're like, my, I tell my assistant this all the time, like you're my right hand, like you're the closest, like you should you should be able to run your own empire one day. Yeah. Like after like spending time with me. Steal these blueprints essentially. Mm-hmm. I like that. So write, be observant, ask and questions. ask good questions. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, what is Pollyanna Reed's walkout song? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so right funny. Now, Money by Cardi B. Yes. That's so <laughs> yes. funny. What is the most interesting thing you have in your bag, your purse, your wallet, whatever it is that you have on you right now? The most interesting thing? The most thing? interesting thing. Oh God. Uh, oh my God. I don't I don't know. <laughs> the most interesting thing? Uh, oh, my car keys. Yes. Because I went without I went without a car for five years. And I don't think people like understand like uh, we last night we talked about like you know the toys that you and I could probably easily afford. Sometimes you got to put that to the side, you know, to be able to pursue something bigger. So, I love that. Who said it? I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Someone said it. There's like there's three levels of wealth. There's like I don't have to worry about food money. <laughs> I don't have to worry. I don't. Have, I don't have to worry That's about real. cars money. Yeah. And then I don't have to worry about planes money. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who said that. Herbert Louis said that. Yeah, shout out Got to Herbert. It. I love that. And when you posted very proudly on Instagram, you beside your new car, I was like, oh man, go Pollyanna. Yeah. Nice. And everyone's like, that's my dream car. I'm like, yeah. this needs to be a dream. Like, it could be real life if you plan for it. Boom. So, um, which one? So, let me rephrase this question. Uh, pick one be first or be better? Better. Who is about being first? Yeah, it's yeah, easy. Be better. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Always. And uh, you've talked about mentorship that you've received from others. Who is the one mentor that stands out from those that's changed your life? Uh, sorry, one of my mentors? Yeah, a mentor that life? changed your life. Um, uh, one mentor is, uh, I'll say two, Sinead Ingleton and Shannon Boudram, because I met them the same year, 2009. Um, and they changed my, I mean, we're celebrating 10 years this year. So in terms of consistency and no matter how big they get on social media, I can always text them or send them an email and they will respond. They're not too big to like, you know what I mean? Like to ignore my communication. I love it. Shout out to Sinead. She was in the class as well last semester. Hoping to get her on the podcast soon. Cool. And the last question for you, Pollyanna, you have bestowed us with gems. You've given us advice that I know is going to turn into pieces of content. I can already just see it in my head. But what's the best piece of advice that you personally have ever received? Mm, My dad, uh, he says, trust yourself. Trust yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Beautiful, Andrew. What about yourself? The best piece of advice that you yeah, no, received? for me, uh, I just it's, it was just a good moment. Uh, somebody told me because I, because I, I think I, I was definitely a little uh, cocky and feeling myself when I was younger. I think um, until I just messed up, and then I had a guy. He told me, "Look, man, you're bright, you're smart, you have a lot of potential, but you don't know what you don't know." Hmm. And that right there mm. really helped me. That was that just not only that humbled me there, but that continues to humble me nowadays. Right where I'm, you know, I feel pretty good. But you know what? I'm always open and I don't know everything. And things change. Things get snapped out. You know, the market can change. People can change. It can, anything could happen. And so when you feel like you're on top or anything like that, if you if you get it too much into your head, then 
that's when you 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 start losing it. So um, you don't know what you don't know. So a friend told me like if you don't humble yourself, your business will humble you. Hmm. And I really believe that. I believe that you too. See, yeah. You yeah. just don't know. Like yeah. I mean, I feel like the average person is one check away from being homeless. That's but true. any of us who run businesses, like anything could happen. Like. We just, yeah. For all the entrepreneurs out there, like, let's just riff on that for a few more minutes over here. Cause somebody messaged me the other day on Instagram and said, no, like bring in, bring in more entrepreneurs. I want to hear from people who are, do, who are doing a business. Uh, what year are you on right now with writer's block? Like this is year, two. year two. Mm-hmm. And then for the mentorship business, how old is that? Uh, 2015. 2015. Like four. Four. You're coming up on, on five years. Yeah. But for that in business. terms of like being a writer, period, 2009. Is 2009. Like, what did it take to make it past the five year mark? Because the five year mark happens to be that number that capsizes most businesses. How did well, you I didn't make start it making any real money until six. It was, it was a six, seven. Oh, wow. So for seven. the first five years, it was just a for slog. Seven eh? years, for it seven years. It was kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, you make money, but not real money. Like, huh. you know what I mean? Like, nothing that where you can be like, yo, hold that to yeah. your mom or like, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, but again, uh, so Andrew had asked me a really interesting question. Like, would you be able, would you do this regardless of whether or not you got paid? And again, the seven years is not getting paid, but still doing it with so much love and heart. Investing you know? in the craft. Mm-hmm. I love that. Friends, an hour flew by. Cool. I didn't feel it. Um, this was, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. You've given us so many, so many gems over here. Uh, talk to us about some special projects, initiatives, anything fun that's coming up in the near future. I know that you just did a podcast last night at Shopify. Yeah. Congratulations on that. So we have Thank a you. big event coming up. I'll let Ooh. Andrew, uh, talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So we have something called a build your own brain retreat. Uh, it's two and a half day. Um, it's in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Um, in the States. Um, very very new and we're only a year and a half years old um but i think our first year we did a thousand people this year we're on track to do two thousand amazing just diverse creators entrepreneurs business owners uh young professionals uh and we've kind of created this space and i think that it's grown significantly uh purely off of just the organic value um and the word of mouth and the whispers that's going on so we're very very appreciative of everybody that uh thinks or feels like this could be something of value and if they're interested um maybe we can send you guys a code so that you guys can uh, send to everybody else just Hook, Everyone, yeah. To just hook anybody that wants to to take a uh, take a take a peek at it and and come attend and I I, I can almost guarantee we have some great get something speakers. Out of it. Drop some speakers. Yeah. We have some yeah. So, shout I mean out. I mean last year last year our, our keynote was uh our keynotes were uh, Yvonne Orji from Insecure on HBO. Okay. Um she was she's a she was amazing. We had John Jackson, one of the co-founders of Blavity, wow. um, which is one of the leading uh kind of uh, millennial uh um, media companies mm-hmm. um, for Black millennials. Um. This year we have a DSMs, who's president of Comb Enterprises. We've partnered with the United States Black Chamber, so they're bringing in their infrastructure, just uh, 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 high-level mentors who are, you know, doing 10, 20, 100 million dollars, just kind of help facilitate. Um, and then, yeah, we have a lot of other uh, goodies and surprises that we're launching. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's it's literally the top. Uh, and for me, and I'll be honest, just to kind of throw this out there, this is not just about. Um, influencers coming. We're very, very specific with who we bring because it's not just about being quote unquote an influencer, it's about being someone who has built a six and seven figure business, right? right? Who actually knows the ins and outs. And so we don't want somebody who just read a book and now they're just out good marketing <laughs> themselves and just regurgitating the same information right. and selling courses, right? This is about like I, me, myself, Pollyanna, we've, we know these people and we know that they know this stuff. They've been um, in, in the gridiron. They've been uh, kind of uh, in, the, in the, uh, the, the dirt, in the mud and they know their business because I think that there are some things you won't know 
until you go through it. It's the keenest details, the it's the grayest areas, but you have to go through it in order to know it and then in order to help somebody else. Oh man, I'm so jealous. Like these, this first of all, it sounds like a, a thing that I want to be at too. So <laughs> come on down. Please, please, please give me the deeds. I'm gonna explore. Yeah. I've never been to Atlanta beyond like the airport for transit. I'd love to actually go there and just explore the city. Uh, but these sound like people that would be fantastic podcast guests. And both of you have your own 100%. podcast, right? Yeah. What's your podcast, Pollyanna, for all the listeners? Uh, Where do people find it? My podcast is more of like a passion project, though. Like I feel like some even so my YouTube and my podcast are passion projects. Okay. Like I'm no way trying to like I don't focus on views. It's just me like storytelling. Yeah. Whoever jumps on, jumps on. Honestly, if you Google my name, I'm the I'm one of a kind. You can find everything. <laughs> like I'll just leave it at that. Pollyanna Reed, Google me. And then Andrew, what about yourself? Where can people find your? Podcast? Yes. Yeah, so, so I'm at um, I'm at Brain with Drew on many platforms. Most things. Uh, we are the podcast that we just launched is called a uh, Millennial Creatives Mastermind. Yep. Uh, so hashtag MCM Podcast. Um, that drops every Monday, but obviously it's not a Man Crush Monday type podcast. <laughs> it's just a fun uh, play on words there. Um, and then it's just, a, it's just honestly, it's just us go- going around and just having these awesome conversations. I learn so much every time I go to dinner or just have conversations with people like you and I and stuff like that. And I was like, man, let's 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 bring people in and do it live. Let's put it out there more. And so it's just a huge give back campaign. I think a, a lot of people appreciate that. Way to go. And to close out, where can people follow your adventures online? Where would you like people to? Yeah. So you? so I'm at Brand with Drew on all platforms b-r-a-n-d w and then um and then obviously our platform is at at b-y-o-b live uh build your own brand yeah fantastic B-Y-O-B live. Pollyanna yourself pollyannareed.com newgirlontheblock.com the writer's block without the c.com that's it and Pollyanna Reed on Instagram yeah wonderful folks give them a follow check out all the amazing things they have going on online and offline this was an absolute pleasure Andrew thank and Paulina thank you so much uh, friends we'll see you next week we're out cool. thank you